position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 312 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 24th of October at 10.35 p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, 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 most, 2234, 100 hours. Uh, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. Good idea, Ivor, you're fired. Mmm. Mmm. Good. That would make it for our sequel friends, of course, one true time and date format. Uh, 2020, uh, 1024, 2234, or 20, 2235. I'm not wearing my glasses, sorry. Mm. I'm fired! Fired for not bringing my glasses. Where the fuck are my glasses? Okay, well, whatever. We'll just go on with the show. That's going to be the kind of the general vibe of this week's episode. Although I have meticulously planned uh, a lot of stuff for this week's episode... Uh, it's been overtaken by events. I'm not feeling all that great, in all honesty. And uh, a lot of the games that I had slated to cover for this week's episode turned out to be broken. 
Like they will not run on Linux. So that sucks. And I'm also kind of broke right now, uh, which will be ameliorated, God willing, before the 27th when the elves come to capture my balls and sell them to Santa as bounty. Beyond that, so I've been basically this entire week, this is part of our top stories, I've been basically this entire week been playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which, oh my god, it's full of stars. But, bottom line is, we have no feature for this week. We do have a ton of new and noteworthy and a bunch of broad topics that we want to talk about. So let's get, let's really dive into it. There will be no feature this week. We'll have a new and noteworthy and we got this. So first off, Phasma Problemia. Phasmophobia, the uh, big, the next big thing that's sweeping all Windows users off their tiny little dickless feet. Um, No offense to present company, of course. Phasmophobia does run on Linux. However, I don't own Phasmophobia. I've not played Phasmophobia, but I've read on ProtonDB Phasmophobia requires a uh, voice-to-text component on which it re- it's still in early access, but on wh- it currently relies on uh, Microsoft Windows's uh, magnificent Cortana. Um, who has a much better name than the Amazon Echo, which I cannot say because she's sitting right here and she's looking at me. She knows... She could smell the Cortana on my breath or perfume. But Phasmophobia, evidently, for those of you who don't know, it's a first-person shooter. It's multiplayer. It's not a shooter. It's a ghost hunter game. And ultimately, once you know the ghost's name, and there's evidently several other play mechanics that rely on this speech-to-text capability of (laughs) Cortana, it is a bad move that like for instance to beat the ghost you have to say the ghost's name you have to learn the ghost's name and then say the ghost's name and that doesn't work everything else in the game works but that is evidently a crucial thing to the game and what's funny is I wonder why Mycroft who right now is currently disabled because I knew I would be saying his name Mycroft is Linux's text to speech answer to Amazon Echo's speech recognition feature uh, and Microsoft Windows is Cortana Um, it's funny that Mycroft is much better at serving basic functions than uh, Cortana Cortana is a I've not had any success with Cortana but anyway, the bottom line is this um, and I've been saying this for years, I haven't been saying it because Linux wouldn't be able to understand it I only got Mycroft to work like last year um, and I don't normally run him mm. but I do have my Echo always here, always ever ready to assist me funniest thing is though like I got into Google Glass forever ago I have a pair of Google Glass fucking unbelievable waste of money because I wanted to develop for it because I wanted to use its speech to text functionality on Linux and that went into the shitter and then uh, Echo came around and had 
this is several years later unbelievable text to speech capability and as long as 12 years ago I was working on Sarah long before Siri, actually this is long before Siri this is 2 years, year and a half before Siri came out I was working on a well and I built and it's sad that she's gone Sarah who when I found out that Siri was a thing I freaked out because I was like my thing is called Sarah anyway I don't understand why the Linux world which in fact has the best, well some of the best text to speech capability we invented the whole idea of breaking everything into phonemes and then fucking you know being able to you know eSpeak is Linux eSpeak festival all the best text to speech except for natural readers but even natural readers is based off of the stuff that was pioneered by Linux. Anyway, I don't understand why we can't get on the ball and I think all distros should come together and come up with a fucking package for this functionality that is not Mycroft, that is and that is actually distribution agnostic. Um I I know that like anything that is a unilateral imposition across all distributions is going to be it'll take five years at the short end of the stick and eternity on the long end of the stick but it's time that we have this type of capability we, we're never going to get off the ground with a real touch based um, you know uh, tablet style computer without it that's one thing that's for sure and uh, every fucking modern computer user whether they use it or not has this functionality available to them I don't know what I mean I'm talking about people who actually use computers not um, iOS because that's not a real computer but you know holy wars aside so phasmophobia that might be our headline phasmoproblemia that's what we'll call this episode phasmoproblemia phasmophobia the funniest review on ProtonDB, the funniest report on ProtonDB that I read was it's great if you, if everyone else knows that you can't do anything. <laughs> Which is, sounds like a fun time to me in a multiplayer game, four player ghost hunter game or whatever. So there's that. Next up in our top stories, I, I just have to get this off my chest because it's been building and building and every six months I gotta do a rant about the Steam Store in inline client. Um, I hate the Explorer queues. I do not like them. They are repetitive. They show me games that I tell it to ignore. They, it's just like every three months it just like fucking goes and like unticks ignore from everything. It's what it feels like. But worse than that, this week, my question is this. Why bury games in my discovery queue that I have not only followed in early access and added to my wish list in early access or in any state of development or whatever, release, etc. Um, why bury those at the end of the it's this and, and this is this is true of the discovery queue and it's true of the uh the little um 
the tick box thing that scrolls automatically and irritatingly quickly um, when you boot up your Steam client and uh, you go to the store page, there's like this this box with like 80 fucking tiny minuscule little buttons underneath it and it just scrolls through each one of those buttons changing the um, headline banner to a different game that doesn't tell you the game underneath either. You have to mouse over it to find out the name of the game. So if the game's name is not clearly like defined or whatever, and when you mouse over it, it doesn't. <laughs> but why in God's name? The featured and recommended bar is what I'm talking about. You can scroll back and forth and you can click to individual buttons, but there are one, two. Oh, God. This interface is terrible. One, two, three, four. There are more buttons than I can count. And yet, Cyberpunk right now, Cyberpunk... Okay, well, I just back, went back. Anyway, at the end of this fucking list of shit that I do not care about are generally the games that I've had on my wish list that are now out. And it's like... Oh, this was recommend. Okay, like this game. It's the last one. Avicii in- Invector. That looks interesting. Way more interesting than Star Wars Squadrons, which doesn't run on my machine. Disc Room, which I've looked at and left. Destiny 2, which I own on a different system. Project Cars, I have spent almost zero amounts of hours in car games. Amnesia, a machine for pigs, which is an ancient game from forever ago. That I think I I don't want to hear about it anymore. Jackpot, Jackbox 7 Party Pack, which I could not give a fuck about Star Wars Battlefront 2 Classic 2005. I own Battlefront 2, the Legendary Edition, or whatever the fuck. Why are you showing me this? Crystal Caves HD, I don't give a fuck. Halo, the Master Chief Collection. Cross Out, Witch Hunt. This looks interesting. And this is free to play. I might have to go back and look at this. Anyway. Point is, it buries the shit that I'm actually interested in. The same thing happens when I'm looking at games in the Steam Store client, and I want to find games that are like this game. They had this tool for a while, that one autumn sale. Uh, can't remember if it was last year. It's, everything is so weird. Mm. But, there, like, anytime that, like, it's a game that I want to play... They'll say, this game doesn't look like the games that you play. It's because I've played every fucking game. It's just so stupid. It is really stupid. And Avicii and Vector actually is a music game, and I hate music games. So there we go. So even that was incorrect. Um, And it never shows me anything useful or interesting that is interesting to me. And then it questions me when I find a game that is useful and I'm interested in, even if it's brand new. It'll, like, question me. This doesn't look like what you normally play. What do I normally play? Let's look. Liftoff, Bunny Hill, The Outer Worlds, What the Golf, Red Dead Redemption 2, Do Not Feed the Monkeys, Cards, The World War II Game, Gris, Manifold Garden, DCL The Game, G-String, Proteus Playtest, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Vector, SCP Secret Laboratory, which does not run. Some of these don't run. Series Sam 4, Arcade, 
uh, Deja Vu Collector's Edition, which I haven't tried yet, Partisans 1941, Ninth Dawn 3, which does not run on Linux, Dead Cells, Mafia Definitive Edition, Ultra Kill, Outer Wilds, Drone Swarm Demo, Ghost Runner Demo, Spelunky 2, Lego Marvel Superheroes 2, Nova Drift, Bullet Storm, Full Clip Edition, which doesn't run, Untitled Goose Game, Inside, Goner, Ragnorium, I hated that game, that's why we don't talk about it, Atomic Crops, Whole Fash, Nations at War, Curse of the Dead Gods, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Hello Neighbor, Battle Stage, The Next Penelope, Sexual Void, Hard Space Shipbreaker, Blood and Bacon, doesn't run, Learn Japanese to Survive, Kanji, People Playground, Abzu, uh, Crisis 3, Control, Dreamscaper, Crisis, Battlefield 5, Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts, Doom Eternal, NBA 2K20, Among Us, Postal 4, No Regerts, Ancestors of Humankind Odyssey, Freedom Planet, Fall Guys. That's like, what, 50 games? That that goes back to August... Uh, let's see. August 27th was the last time I played Fall Guys. So it's like a month... It's exactly like a month of games. So what is my type of game, Steam? You have no fucking idea. So don't... I don't know. Anyway, so don't try. Alright, that brings us to G-String. This is another game that does not work, but G-String is mentionable because I did try everything to get it to work, and I'm waiting with bated breath that it will eventually, someone will figure out how to make it work on Linux, but G-String is a game that, it's a first-person survival shooter where you don't have to murder anything if you don't really want to. Um, It's billed as like a Half-Life 2 game, but with more lucid blah. The reason I'm bringing this game up is the guy spent 12 years developing it as a solo developer. So, I have not returned that game yet. There you go. That's G-String for you. Does not run on Linux, though. So, until it runs on Linux, blah. Um, There's also a game called Beyond the Wire, which is a World War One game. Like, all of these are broken. Beyond the Wire, it's a World War One game in the vein of Tannenberg, 50-on-50, 50 50 multiplayer, first-person shooter, ultra-realistic. Looks phenomenal. Does not work. Broken by EAC. Again, broken by EAC. Um... You know, what the fuck? We can't... And that's not a Linux fault. That's not a problem with Linux. It's just like fucking Steam, Valve and Steam and EA, Electronic Arts, you know, now known as EA, need to really fucking get on this and pressure as hard as they can. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's it's starting to piss me off. And the longer this goes on, the worse it's going to get. It's been going on for a while now, and it just it drives me nuts to see like a ProtonDB report for Beyond the Wire game that I was going to buy broken by EAC broken by EAC broken by EAC broken by EAC and it sucks because like I remember when EAC was a force for good in the independent development world in fact I was planning on using EAC for a game that I was developing this is whoa, this is like four years ago five years ago because that's what EAC was easy anti-cheat before Epic bought them and then made them non-Linux friendly because they're in the fucking Epic Store Wars against everybody else 
Good luck with that, assholes. Um, okay, so that brings us to our new and noteworthy, and we're just going to go through this list, and we're going to hopefully get out of here in under 45 minutes. So, Ivor, based on with it, I know it's that kind of show this week. It's it's a very dissatisfied show, but we do have a couple of good games that are solid recommendations that are not that expensive, that are brand new-ish, so bear with me. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, alright, I well, you're fired, you're fired. Just pack up your shit, get the fuck out. Okay, so our new and noteworthy this week, which is the entire rest of the show. Number one on our new and noteworthy for this week is The Outer Worlds, which is a single-player, first-person shooter space exploration, cowboy game, science fiction, far-flung, futuristic robots, monsters, stuff like, kind of in the vein of Bioshock, it looks like. It runs on Linux. I know this for a fact, because it runs on my machine. So, it's uh, 30 bucks. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, now through November 6th, it's f- half off at $29.99. Looks great, runs on my machine. I have not had any time to play it because I am being consumed by Red Dead Redemption 2. And anyone wants to blame me can go fuck themselves until they buy and play Red Dead Redemption 2, at which point they will understand what I mean. Um, um, <laughs> the Outer Worlds is a much heavily anticipated title, very uh, favorably reviewed. Uh, let me look at the store page. Let me give you a better... It's like, it looks like a cross between like Bioshock and uh, um, No Man's Sky. So far, the reviews have been very positive. Came out October 23rd, 2020. 609 reviews. Fortunately, it's by Obsidian Entertainment, and I do not generally like their games, but sometimes they hit one out of the park, and I am always open to someone, and it looks gorgeous. Uh, their copy is The Outer Worlds is an award-winning single-player RPG from Obsidian Entertainment and Private Division. As you explore a space colony, the character you decide to become will determine how this player-driven story unfolds. I like this already. Look, in the colony's corporate equation, you are the unplanned variable. So, yeah, I'm excited about this, and, uh, let's see... player-driven story RPG. I love Choices Matter, but I don't want to be aware of the choices. I Anyway, the, the, the idea that, like, the illusion of free will is maintained by presenting the player with binary choices that they're made obviously aware of, either in the form of, like, kill this guy or don't kill this guy, or even worse, in the form of dialogue boxes with multiple choices um, and inscrutable outcomes, those make me aware of the fact that I'm making a choice. Do not make me aware of the fact that I'm making a choice. It pulls me out of the game. I want to see the outcome of all my choices at the end of the game and throughout the game. My choices, my actions should branch the game, not fucking linear choices along a tree. It's too much, too many years have gone by with that sort of fucking cheap shit token uh you know, blah. Anyway, towards towards the idea of uh, I'm I'm a big I'm in fact it's the the core of my entire existence in terms of as a video game critic. Even though I try to bring it up that often, the maintaining the illusion of free will is the highest 
aspect that any game is uh, in terms of like uh, criteria for absolute quality. I will play a game that looks like shit that maintains complete illusion of free will or better than average and complete illusion of free will is almost impossible to do it's not impossible, I've mapped it out it's not that difficult fuck's sake and we just like, we for one reason or another, and I can enumerate those reasons for you, the industry continuously turns away from making those types of games why? because they can be stodgy ambiguous and uh, difficult to understand to new players and they are not the same old same old, same old, same old, same old and even more dangerous um, they are not a sequel to something else that everyone already knows how to play meaning cookie cutter game so we get to charge again for basically the same game again which is a great way to fucking maximize profits and drive down the intellectual capacity of video gamers everywhere spoon feed them the same bullshit every fucking you know every fiscal quarter uh and Call of Duty 37 is another hit anyway so I'm looking forward to playing The Outer Worlds Next is a game that I was very excited to see a friend of the show, uh, Shadow Glare, playing, but he has not responded to me as to whether or not he got to work on his Linux box. It's called What the Golf. What the Golf. I bought What the Golf, which you can no longer play a free demo of, at least insofar as I can tell, because uh, it was released like day before yesterday. What the Golf is a game that has nothing to do with golf for people who hate golf. Um... And it looks like an insane Katamari Damashi, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it more if I can get it to run. Maybe I need the latest uh, Glorious Egg Roll Fork of Proton, which I think he's up to 11 ST, and I'm only on 9, so I might need to try that. We shall see. Um, There is another... There is another... Game called Manifold Gardens came out this week that I that was on my wish list from the uh, the last game festival thing. It looked really pretty. It turns out to be a really irritating puzzle game with magnificent visuals. If you like puzzles and magnificent visuals, do not listen to me. You will probably like Manifold Garden. Um, it's like a cross between Gris and. Uh, always that irritating fucking I hate puzzle games so I'm not a fair per, I'm you know blah it's like a cross between the artistic sensibilities of Gris and a first person perspective crossed with um what the fuck was that game where it had the cat and it's a robot petting a cat fuck and they made a VR variant of it Ivor, you're fired. I can't remember, but it's like that. It's a puzzle game where you can uh, turn the entire world like the faces of a Rubik's Cube, and whichever side of the world that you're walking on, when you come up to a right angle wall, you can turn and your feet get planted on that wall, and that becomes the new floor. And the perspective changes so that, you know, blah. And you have to move these little boxes of stupid bullshit with no narrative or dialogue or anything that I can tell onto these little, um, you have to complete these connections by moving these little power boxes onto these circuits that get increasingly complicated and 
three-dimensional, all with this very sparsely drawn, um, very beautiful, but infuriating to me. I gave the game uh, eight minutes before I quit it, and I was live-streaming it, too. I said, fuck this, and I turned it off. I hate puzzle games. If you love puzzle games, Manifold Garden is out, and might be right up your alley. Let me take a look at the store page real fast. Uh, yeah, so far, very positive. Came out October 20th, 2020. And there's some impressive visuals in this game. Just look at the screenshots on the store page. They're gorgeous, but the gameplay I found was way more puzzle-heavy than I was ready to uh, exceed to, 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 to accept. I hate puzzles. I hate puzzle games. Goes back to that whole idea of don't make me aware of the fact that I'm making a choice. Pulls me out of the game. Puzzle games where you're not aware, where you're not like physically aware that you're like solving a puzzle as you navigate an area, that's different. This is much more of a of a binary ternary and, you know, beyond even uh, type of puzzle game move the square to this thing in a fancy dressed up format with low poly high repetition MC Escher style visuals which is, I love MC Escher and I I was really hoping that the game would be something else that's bad on me does not mean it has to be bad on you Um, up next Oh, wow. We're, well, we have more games on this list, but that's like kind of it that I want to talk about. Um, what the fuck is this? Huh? Hang on. I wear your motherfucker. Yeah, so we had, um, I want to talk about, well, I don't want to talk about these games because they're all, most of them are broken and then some of them I haven't gotten to play. And then there's one that I want to save for Thanksgiving called Bunny Hill. But Pumpkin Jack evidently has problems. That's a new game. I just want to clue you in on the games that have problems that are brand new this week. Uh, Surviving Aftermath. Uh, I don't know if it has problems or not, but it's gotten mixed reviews and etc. Um... And yeah, then there was Bunny Hill. So that'll do us for this week. That's 30 minutes. That ought to, that ought to light your fire. Uh, I'll be, I continue to live stream uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 every fucking night. At least an hour every night. Um, game is getting really good. Check it out, etc. Meantime, if you are a Bioshock fan or whatever, you like the illusion of free will in a action-based first-person role-playing game that is you know, has great graphics, good AAA quality, etc, 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 check out The Outer Worlds. Um, yeah, I'll catch you next week with hopefully a bigger budget. <laughs> Avante! I will roll the credits, you motherfucker. You Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man.
ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.